Welcome to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. Happy New Year! I'm Kathy Kuhn, and I'm the Counseling Director here at Rolling Hills. Today, as we head into a new year and a new series, we want to focus our attention on getting healthy. Though at the start of the new year, many of us think about getting to the gym or eating healthy, which are important things, in this series, we're looking at health in every aspect, whether that be physically, relationally, emotionally, financially, or mentally. When we set our eyes on Jesus and learn to be healthy in all areas, that's how we're able to advance in our faith journey. Here's week one of our series, Advance. We're so glad you're here. Well, 2022 is here. Can you believe it? I, I don't know about you, but I love the start of a new year. It's the, the promise of a, a blank page that is to come, but also a chance to reflect upon uh, the chapter that has just closed. So I'm so grateful that each and every one of you are joining us for a first Sunday in 2022 as we kick off this brand new series called Advance. And so for those of you that I've not had a chance to say hello to yet or to meet, my name is Jason Hale, and I get the privilege of serving as the campus pastor at our Nolansville location. And so I spend all my Sundays over at Nolansville. So I want to start today by saying a special welcome to all of you at our Nolansville campus today. I see that little auditorium that you are meeting in right now, and I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. But I also want to say a special welcome to all of you who are online, wherever you might be in the world, as well as those of you at our Nashville campus, our Columbia campus, and of course, all of you who are here at our Franklin campus as well. Now, I don't know about you, but I love that week between Christmas and New Year. It's one of the most amazing weeks of the year. In fact, it's one of the most bizarre weeks of the year because I kind of find that that is the week that I can ever remember. Is it Tuesday? Is it Thursday? In fact, midweek, I kind of even had the realization of, do I even have a job anymore? Because I don't even know what my life is at this moment. I'm just watching football. I'm eating fudge. And, you know, really, what is my life from a parenting perspective? But, yeah, we just kind of gave up over this last week. I mean, our kids were eating sugar cookies for breakfast, staying up till 1 a.m. It was awesome. If you're a student, you had no work to do this weekend. It was incredible, but hopefully you took some time over this past week to do some reflecting on some goals, because this was a good week to do that, to kind of put some things on paper, some resolutions, if you will. And if I were to ask each and every one of you to come up here and read your list off, I'm sure that most of your list would probably have something connected to health and wellness. In fact, if you were to Google the most kind of well-known or most notable resolutions that most of us tend to have, you're going to find in the number one and the number two spot is something connected to health and something connected to wellness. And so I can't think of a better place for us to kick off this 2022 series called Advance than looking at what the impact that can have on our life if we choose to make healthier choices. And in fact, starting from a place where God desires me to start. 
Now, as a culture, I don't have to tell you this, but we are obsessed with fitness, and we're obsessed with dieting, and we're obsessed with all of those things. In fact, it's extremely huge business. And if you go to globally, worldwide, and look at just how big of a market share do you have when it comes to things connected to health and wellness, most, most kind of business uh, gurus would tell us it's about a $90 billion business worldwide. It's a huge market share. There's over 200,000 fitness clubs throughout the world. Now, for comparison's sake, how many McDonald's are there? 40,000 McDonald's worldwide compared to 200,000 fitness clubs. So this is obviously big business. And with each and every generation, isn't it interesting that we've come up with something new? Now it's the Peloton. That's kind of what we're all into right now. But it wasn't too long ago to where we did not have such a comfortable bike to ride. It was a very uncomfortable metal bike that you would ride. That was your fitness bike. Now we have HIT, we have burn boot camps, we have CrossFit. But again, it wasn't too long ago that Tybo was the thing. That was the trend that we were all behind. Or my mom was really into jazzercise. And you think about that, or you think about Whole30 or Keto that we're all into right now. That's a relatively new thing. In fact, who remembers the days when you would take a slim fast? You know, that was what you would do to kind of make a healthier choice. And so trends come and trends go. But the question that I want to ask you, in fact, a question that you may have never even asked yourself, because you know it matters, and you know it's important, and you know that your physical health is something that each and every one of us, wherever we are right now, should care about. But a question that perhaps you've never asked yourself is, does it actually matter to God? Does it actually matter to God when I come into the, the realm of my physical health? Does my physical health, does the care for my body and the self-control that I, that I hope to have with habits and choices and all that that entails, does it actually make a difference when it comes to the life that God has for me and that he wants me to lead? And the short answer to that question is yes. So if you want to tune out for the next 25 minutes, just go ahead and do so. That's the big idea. Of course it matters. But if you want to kind of flush this out a little bit more, then stick with me as we open up God's Word and as we dig into this a little bit more, because it's likely that you've probably not heard a lot about this from a biblical perspective. I've been blessed to be a communicator and a teacher of God's Word for the past several years, and I was actually thinking just this week as I was preparing that I don't think I've ever preached a sermon about physical health and wellness. Regardless, though, it doesn't change the fact that God is not silent on these issues. And that's why I'm so excited about this series, Advanced, that we are in, starting with physical health, looking at relational health and mental health and financial health, because if we do not start with God's Word, and God, what do you say about this? What will happen in our life? The world and culture will set a precedent for us. And so we don't want to just look at what the world says about all of these things in this series, but rather, what does God say about these things? And so just because we may have not talked about it as much doesn't mean that God is silent on it. And so let's seek to advance in that. And so if you have a Bible or a mobile device, I would encourage you to hop online with us. Uh, we're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verses 19 through 20, you're going to see these words on your screens wherever campuses you are or online. And so click on that app as well if you're looking uh, to have access to God's Word today. But let me read in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. We thank you, God, for just the assembling of our campuses and all of those who are joining in online, wherever they may be in the world. And we know, God, that it's not by accident that any of us are here. So we pray that you would meet us in this place, that you would speak to us through your word, and that we would realize this morning that our bodies are a temple 
and that as a result of that, we are not our own. We were bought with a price. And so help us, God, to honor you with our bodies, to honor you with the choices that we make. And we're so thankful for who you are and for meeting us here today. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus Christ that we pray and ask all these things. Amen and amen. Now, no passage of Scripture, including the one that we're in today, stands alone. They all have a context, don't they? They all have a backstory. They all have some kind of uh, specific background that is happening, and 1 Corinthians chapter 6 is no exception, because 1 Corinthians is the first of a two-part letter that we have by the Apostle Paul that was written to the church at Corinth, and Corinth was a Greek city. It was a cosmopolitan city. It was a very happening city, so to speak, but there's also some issues that are manifesting themselves in the life of the church, things connected to what should we eat, what should we not eat. There was issues of spiritual authority. There was the issues of who do we follow. There was some of the the complications that were happening over what spiritual gift is most preferable, is most desirable. And then there were issues connected to your body and physically the impact that that, that you should have, or does God actually even care about our body? And these handful of verses that we read in verses 19 and 20 are wedged in a broader section about the importance of kind of overall sexual health, but also physical health and the physical side of my life. So what you have to do to kind of get the full picture is you have to go back a few verses, because verses 19 and 20 kind of do not stand alone. They have to go back to verse 12, and so I encourage you to kind of scroll back with me to verse 12. And let's pick up in verse 12 and read all the way through verse 20. I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her body? For it said the two will become one flesh, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So if you go back to verse 12, did you see there? This is what the Corinthians are saying in verse 12. In verse 12, they are saying, I have the right to do anything I want. Go forward to verse 13. What are the Corinthians saying? They're saying food for the stomach and stomach for food. God destroys them both in the end. So eat, drink, and marry, for then we shall die. It's hedonism at its finest. These two verses alone give us some pretty incredible insight into what's happening in the church at Corinth. This concept of how you treat your body and whether that's important or not, is, it's, it's, it's seeming to see that in the church they're saying it's completely irrelevant. It doesn't matter how you treat your body because God's just going to destroy it. Food, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. So just live however you want to live. Go do whatever you want to do. Now, specifically what was happening in Corinth, and you see it played out right here in this text, specifically what's happening is there is this line of thinking that was really popular in Greek philosophy that's working its way into the church. And some of you just tuned out for a little bit because you're like, I'm not an expert in Greek philosophy. What is he getting ready to talk about? You don't have to have a PhD in philosophy to understand this. There was this concept called dualism. And dualism was working its way into the church, and what dualism was, it was, a really, it was a really complex system of philosophical thought, but I want to winnow it down to its core principle. Dual meaning two, okay, dualism meaning two, and so there was this concept that you have a spiritual part of your life and a physical part of your life, and never the twain shall meet. 
And that's what was working its way into the church. And so all of a sudden, when you see these things that Paul is addressing, you realize that what he's trying to get them to understand is what you're being taught by Greek philosophers is not true. There's not just a spiritual side of your life, and there's not just a physical side of your life, but they are inextricably linked. In fact, one of the most specific teachings of dualism is that your spirit is important, but your body is not really important spiritually. So therefore, you can see why the church would just be saying, I can eat whatever I want to eat. I can do whatever I want to do. It doesn't matter because God's going to destroy them both in the end. So hold that thought because that's really what dualism is all about. But go with me wherever you are back to verse 12. Because what does Paul say to the church? Paul says, sure, you have the right to do everything you want to do. You have the right to do anything you want to do, but not everything is actually beneficial. He says in verse 13 to the church, you say food for the stomach and stomach for food. God destroys them both. What does it really matter? Paul says, no, rather what you eat and how you treat your body, it is a testament to how you are living for the Lord. And then in verse 16, he says, it's not about who you just want to have a casual relationship with out of the confines of the way that God intended it, because whoever you unite your body with, you become one with that person. So God has a better plan for you. So what Paul is saying to the church, and ultimately what he's saying to us today, is that the choices of how we approach things physically are not disconnected from spirit and body. They are of the utmost importance to God. So to go back and answer that question, do these things actually matter to God? You bet they do. It's not dualism that is working its way into the church, meaning I have a spiritual life and then a physical life, but rather what is Paul saying? Back to verse 19 and 20, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. See, the body that you have, it's, it's not a throwaway. The human bodies that we have are, are something that's not just going to be destroyed. It's not something that just passes away, and it's certainly not something that is insignificant, but rather it is a temple that God has given us, which leads us to this kind of point that we have to think about, that however you view your body, however you kind of view this text, it's, it's going to affect the way that you treat it. However you think about your physical body is going to dictate how you decide to treat it. Your views on anything, for that matter, are going to be dictated by, or how your, your responses, I should say, are going to kind of be dictated by ever how you view that. Has this ever happened to you when you're in a meeting, and the meeting is just going really off the rails, and you feel really sorry for the person leading the meeting because you're not leading the meeting? It's not your project, and it's going really, really terribly, and you kind of just cross your arms and lean back in your chair, and you think to yourself, I'm so glad this is not my meeting. And you can kind of disassociate from it because you're watching her career fall apart before your eyes. Or you see something on social media, and you realize, okay, I'm not involved in that at all. It's not about me at all. So I pop a bag of popcorn and just start reading the comments because it has nothing to do with me. But isn't it a completely different feeling when you're leading the meeting and it's going terribly? Your response to that is fully different. Or if something is said about you on social media that is not true, you respond to that very differently than someone who you're just kind of watching it unfold before your eyes. See, how I respond to something is pretty, pretty significantly connected to how I view it. So if you don't think that your physical life is important or of any significance spiritually, then most of us are just going to kind of do whatever we want to do physically. And we're not going to ask God for wisdom. We're not going to go to his word and look for clarity in his word. We're not going to ask him to help us process through those things. Or we're just going to kind of make the choices that we want to make. We might not ever get a checkup. We might make lots of excuses. But these verses cast a really different picture for us, don't they? They cast a picture for us that 
these are things that I have some control over, that these are things that God cares about and that I should care about and that there is something spiritual going on here. It's not just dualism of them never meeting up, but there's something spiritual. Now, Paul says specifically in verse 12 that you have the freedoms to do whatever you want to do. You have the rights to do whatever you want to do, but that doesn't mean that you should be mastered by those things. And that key concept is really a connecting thread for some of the takeaways that we're going to look at here in just a little bit. That you and I should not be mastered by anything. Because just because I have the freedom to do something, it doesn't mean that everything is actually beneficial for me to do. So one of the clearest ways for me to advance, one of the clearest ways for you and I to advance when it comes to this area of physical health is to realize that we have to grow in self-control. Because just because we can do everything doesn't mean that everything should be permissible or that we should do everything. We have to grow in self-control. We have to grow in restraint. Now, just by curiosity, did anybody add growing in self-control to their list of resolutions this year? I didn't. That wasn't anything that was on my radar. But in essence, what Paul is saying is that I have to be able to grow in self-control to embody these things that I want to do. Now, I was raised in an amazing little church in Kentucky. And uh, one of the first songs that I remember learning as a, as a child was this song about the fruits of the Spirit. And I won't sing it to you because I don't want to clear the auditoriums wherever we are today. But I remember really specifically in that song learning about all the things that the fruits of the Spirit are not, but what the fruits of the Spirit were. And so it's said in the song that the fruits of the spirits were love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so just so that you know that's not just my words, but God's words, go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. And look at what God says the fruit of the Holy Spirit is in my life. This is what manifests itself in my life because of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I don't know about you, but self-control was always the strange one to me. Kindness I got, gentleness, I understand that, love I get, but self-control always kind of threw me for a a little bit of a a curveball. Because there's something God says that's significant about the Holy Spirit living out in our lives that allows us to know when to stop, when to kind of hit the brakes, so to speak, or when to do a little bit more of this or a little bit less of that. That's right up there with joy, and that's right up there with peace, and that's right up there with love. So what that should tell me is that it's extremely important to God because it's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in me that I would exercise self-control. In fact, go forward three chapters. You're in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 for our key text. Go forward three chapters to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Paul gives us some further insight into why self-control matters. Look at this. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. What is Paul saying here? Paul is saying that every athlete exercises self-control. They don't run aimlessly. They don't just box at the wind. They are exercising self-control. And what he says is that athletes do this in order to get a crown that will not last. But what do you and I do? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are pursuing a crown that lasts forever ever. And so self-control is going to be necessary for me to pursue that crown, the crown that lasts. And then my favorite verse about self-control, I think, in all of Scripture comes from the book of Proverbs. 
Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. I want to read this here, and I also want to give you a little bit of a, just a, a, an encouragement as you kind of start into the new year. I hope that, as Pastor Jeff has said earlier today, that you'll download that app, that you'll pick up a copy of our Daily Step, and that you'll follow along with God's Word, that Daily Step Bible reading. I do believe it is the most crucial thing that you will do in 2022 to fully advance into who God wants you to be. In addition to that, I would encourage you to take one month of this year and to do what I call the Proverbs Challenge. It's 31 chapters in Proverbs. Most of our months have 30 to 31 days. And so you could take one of these chapters in Proverbs and read it throughout the course of that month and glean the wisdom that comes from the Proverbs. Listen to what the writer of Proverbs says in chapter 25, verse 28. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. What is the writer saying? He's saying without the proper understanding of self-control, I'm like a city whose walls are broken down whose walls you can see through, who has no protection, so to speak, meaning I'm subject to attack. What is supposed to stay out there comes in here. What is supposed to be protecting me, the walls of the city, it does not protect me from all of those things if I do not have self-control. So unlike what the Greek philosophers are telling and teaching in the Corinthian church, how you treat your body is not significant. Whatever you want to do, just go and live your life because body and spirit are not connected. In fact, Paul is saying it matters. And without self-control, you're going to be mastered by something. You can be mastered by anything, and without that self-control, you're opening yourself up to be attacked by some of the wrong things. God says, though, I have a better way. I have a better way. So if you're taking notes, I want to unpack with you just a few things, a few practical takeaway points, some things that maybe you can take with you, you can reflect upon later this week, reflect upon this year that will help us understand how we are to physically advance in this year 2022. For starters, our bodies are physical temples for the Holy Spirit to dwell. Our bodies are physical temples for the Holy Spirit to dwell. The physical body is but one, this physical body that we all have, it's but one of the billion upon billions of physical addresses and residences for the Holy Spirit. And so that means that God resides in you, and you need to be careful that you've not invited him into a really messed up home. Because your body is a physical dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. I encourage you to do this at some point in time, to go back and read in the Old Testament about the temple, the place where God met with his people. Some of you are going to be doing a daily step Bible reading plan, and you're going to get to those passages of scripture where it talks about the temple, and you're going to stop because it seems really insignificant. And it seems like, why do I need to know about how long the curtains are and the arrangement of everything in the temple? And I'm the first to say that I have got to some of those parts of reading scripture before and thought to myself, no, I'm ready for some New Testament. Because I don't really know what's going on here, but what's so significant, do not let it be lost on you that God is giving his people a very clear directive on how to prepare this place where he comes to meet with them. And now you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and we're taught that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So why should we be surprised that God also wants us to prepare our temple for him to meet with us? To prepare that place, for it to not be a messed up home, but rather to be a place where he can come and where he can meet us. Now, he gives us some clear direction on that. In fact, all of scripture gives us some direction about some steps that we should take. You're not going to open up scripture and find about how many calories you should eat. You're not going to find a specific plan about this is what your workout should look like. But what we do see in scripture are some really specific things that God gives us about how we care for our temple. In fact, one of those is this element that we often like to overlook, and it's called rest or Sabbath. We like to overlook this, but in fact, one of the most crucial things that you can implement into your life in 2022 to make sure that your physical temple 
is prepared for the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in you is to take a day of rest. And some of you, that really shocked you. You thought, today is all about physical health. It's all about advancing physically. What is this guy doing up here talking about rest and Sabbath when in fact it is one of the clearest things that God gives us about understanding how to prepare our hearts and our bodies for him to meet with us. In fact, it's not just a good idea. This isn't something that we should just kind of, kind of work in if we get around to it. Or if I go into a kind of a lull season of this 2022 year, then I'll figure out a way to rest. Then I'll figure out a way to take Sabbath. Go with me to the book of Exodus. Over in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11, and you can see just how important this is to God, starting in verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And on it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. What do you see about Sabbath here? That Sabbath is actually a command. It's a command that God gave his people. And therefore, it's a sin for us if we don't adhere to that command. So my question to all of us is, why is this not all of our life verses? I mean, when's the last time that you went up to somebody and said, what is your life verse? What is the verse that really keeps you in check? What is the verse that really means something to you? I think that Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11 should be all of our life verses because what did God do? God gave us a gift. God gave us a gift. And what do we tend to do? We tend to ignore that gift. And I can see it. In your faces, I can experience it in my life that some of us are thinking right now, there is no way that I could accept that gift that God gave me. I hear you. I get that life is busy. I get that you think to yourself, if I were to take a day off, then everybody else is going to get ahead. But what God gives us is a really clear directive, a command, that we are not to be people who burn the candle at both ends 24-7. It's one of the most crucial things for our overall physical health. And if you don't think this is something you do, if you don't think this is something impo is important, well, you can take that up with God because God made it as a really clear command. This is not just a good idea from us on this stage today, but rather something that he wants you to prioritize. Now, secondly, your body is a temple, but that temple is not your own. You don't own your body. Put another way, your body is on loan from God. Your body is on loan from God. That's what verse 19 says. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. You are not your own. Now, I'm not trying to diminish this. I love each and every one of you. I love everybody who's in this room. I love all my people over at Nolansville. Again, I can see that room. I love you guys at Nashville. Those of you at Columbia, at Riverside, I can see the stained glass windows at our Nashville campus. I, of course, can't see all of you online wherever you are because that would be really, really weird. But I know that you can see us. And one thing that I know about each and every one of you is that you want to live a life that matters. And I certainly don't want to diminish this and what I'm about to say, but the reality is you're kind of a loner model. All that you have is given to you by God for you to steward. It's all on loan to you. You don't really own anything, including your body. That's why we have to be really careful to say, it's my body. I can do whatever I want to do. It's not going to harm anyone. It's not really yours to begin with. I want you to imagine for a second that you loan someone something and they don't take care of it. Have you ever had someone that borrowed your car and they brought the car back empty? It's the last time you're ever borrowing my car again. Or you give someone your pressure washer, they want to borrow your pressure washer and they bring it back with a broken piece. 
Or worse yet, they bring back your pressure washer completely broken. And I think to myself, note to self, don't ever say yes if Steve asked me to borrow something again. Because Steve can clearly not be trusted with these things. But I want you to think about from a spiritual perspective. Our body is on loan from God, so we should seek to maintain it. And we should seek to exercise self-control because it's not ours to begin with. That means a lot of things. It means that what I ingest into this body matters. It means that if I'm struggling with addictions and I'm under the kind of weight of those addictions in my life right now, that it matters. The things you eat, the things that you drink, they matter. I could go on and on. It's important that we take care of our body, that we go through that routine maintenance. I implore you, if it's been a long time since you've been to get a physical, go get a physical. If it's been a while since you've went and actually had someone who is a medical professional run some labs and do some tests and see if you're headed in the right direction or if you're headed in the wrong direction, I encourage you to go do that because likely what you might find, or or, or hopefully you wouldn't find, but it's possible that you may find that something's off and that you can come up with a plan to fix it to correct this temple. In fact, exercise is a huge part of that as well, of being active. There's so much incredible research about the connection between our spiritual life and if we can get on the move, so to speak, what happens in our minds and what frees up our minds and so much clarity in our minds to experience life at a much more deep and rich level. So your body is on loan by God. But also I want you to see this. Your life was paid for by Jesus going to the cross. Your life was paid for, your body was paid for by Jesus going to the cross. And you're thinking to yourself, this just got really serious. In these verses connected to take care of your temple, to not buy into this dualistic thinking, Paul drops into there, your life was paid for by Jesus going to the cross. In fact, it's what verse 20 says, you were bought at a price. So when Jesus took the cross and when Jesus died and he took all the sins of mankind upon his shoulders, he died so that we could have life. And if we confess to him, and if we trust in him, and if we place our faith in him and say, I want you to be Lord over my life, then we experience that peace and that freedom and that realization that our life was paid for by Jesus going to the cross. He died so that we could live. His death, his burial, and his resurrection paid for my body. That means that you are so much more valuable to God than you can ever imagine right now. Your body is more valuable to God than you could ever fully articulate right now. He cares for you more than you could ever know. And so if you've yet to respond to him wherever you might be, I pray that today would be the day that you respond to him. Make a note in the chat. Make a note on one of those cards. Hand it in a little bit later on in the service so that we can follow up with you and that we can share with you that good news that God loves you and that he has an incredible plan for your life. And then it comes to what I think is one of the more significant words in Scripture, therefore. All of us who are teaching pastors, I hear it pretty frequently across the campuses at Rolling Hills. In fact, I've, I've said it many times before. I've heard all of our campus pastors say this. It comes to one of the more significant words in Scripture, therefore. When you see the word therefore in Scripture, you have to ask yourself, what is it therefore? Because therefore is a connecting phrase. And so it says, you were bought at a price, therefore. Or because of that, because of what he has done in verse 20, seek to honor God with how you treat your bodies. You were bought at a price, therefore, honor God with your bodies. And so God is honored whenever I make the right choices for my body. God is honored whenever I make the right choices for my body. Paul addresses this in the book of Colossians as well. Colossians 3, 23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, meaning that every decision that I make, I make that for the Lord. I take every step for the Lord. Everything is spiritual. 
nothing is insignificant, including taking care of this temple that he has given me. So if you think back to where Paul started this section, he said, you can do anything you want. Sure, you can do whatever you want. You can eat whatever you want. You can be in relationship with whoever you want to be with, but not everything is beneficial. You shouldn't do everything just because you can. And he bookends it by saying, honor God with your body because it's the temple of the Holy Spirit, meaning God should be more precious to me and God should be more precious to you than all the things that we consume and all the things that we chase after and all the things that we fall prey to if we don't exercise self-control. So I don't know what that means for you this morning. I don't know what this means for you whenever you might be connecting with Rolling Hills but for me, it has meant a couple things. It's, it's meant to take some intentional steps to make some wiser choices. And it, and it started kind of selfishly because if you've ever experienced this before where you're running around with your kids and you're just a little bit more out of breath than you want to be. And so I'd like to say that there was some really spiritual reason for intentionality in this area, but it really started with I have an eight-year-old and a four-year-old and I want to be able to keep up with them a little bit more, a little bit better than I able, am able to in this moment. And so then we enter into a season of uh, the summer or spring of 2020 and everybody's mind started getting a little bit hazy. And I began to realize that there's something that I, I want to do, some steps that I want to take. And so thankfully a buddy of mine asked me if I wanted to go on a run one day. And what you need to realize is that I'm actually on record in sermons talking about how much I did not like running. And about how that's never anything that I would want to do, never anything that I would seek to pursue after. But mercifully, he was patient and decided to let me know, yeah, you can do this. And then I also realized that everybody that I was looking up to in life were exercising regularly. All of the men and women that I was seeking to kind of embody my life after and to, and to, and to want to live the way that they were living. And I began to ask them the questions of what are you doing with their life? And person after person after person was telling me that exercise was a part of their life, that it was a regular part of their routine. And I began to think to myself, if it's good enough for them, then it's got to be good enough for me. And so I started making some decisions, lifestyle decisions in that, in that vein. And I'm so grateful for just the accountability and what's happened in that season. But the last thing that I'm going to do is the, la- the absolute last thing that I'm going to do is stand up here as one of your pastors and tout any expertise in that arena. I'm generally speaking a big fan of staying in my lane. That's one of my life goals. In fact, I say it all the time. I like to remind people of that all the time. Stay in your lane. Just do what it is that God's called you to do. Be faithful to what God's calling you to do. So I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that this is the way to do that. This is the health plan. This is the specific goal you should set. Because obviously it's a $90 billion business. There are people that want to help you with that. There are people who are much more expertise in that. But I want to take it back into a lane that I'm very familiar with. I want to bring it back into the pastoral lane. And what I'm going to tell you is that it matters from a spiritual perspective. It matters from a faith perspective. It matters from a health of your family perspective. It matters for the health of your marriage. It matters from a leadership perspective. And any steps that you take in the direction of advancing in physical health, I promise you're going to experience the dividend in all of those areas as you invest in your health. So what is it for you? What are those steps? Take those steps, both figuratively and literally, because God is not silent on this. It's not about fads. It's not about diets. It's not about goals. Rather, it's about your relationship and my relationship with him honoring him. So what difference would it make? What could I do as an act of service? What could I do to step up and serve? What could be accomplished in my life if I choose to make healthier choices? And so I pray that all of us together, wherever we may be, that we would advance in 2022. And I can't wait to see what awaits as we all move forward together.
as we advance together to be the church that he has called us to be. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you and want to pray a prayer of blessing over you as we start this year and we seek to advance for who it is that he desires for us to be. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for meeting us here, God. We're just so thankful for your word. We're so thankful for your presence. I pray, God, that you would meet us here in this place, that our lives would be reflective of who you are, that you would show us the steps that we need to take, the the actions that we need to take to be who it is that you've called us to be. And so I pray, God, for physical health and for what's going to come in our lives with mental health and emotional health and financial health in this season, and that you would really truly make this one of the best years ever and that we would make those investments right now to be on the front lines of what it is that you desire to do in and through us. We're so thankful, God, for you meeting us here. And as we continue to worship, we pray that our lives would bring you honor and bring you glory. It's in the powerful name of Jesus Christ that we pray and ask all these things. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, subscribe to it or share it with some friends. You can also check out some of our other great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go Podcast, and more. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. We're thankful for you.